Maybe fine. Oh. Hello, everyone, and welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Once again, we are coming to you from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. It is 2022, and we are back. My name is John Mark Tolley. Joining me, as always, is my host, Will. Will, how are you today? Good, sir. Bright Suns, I'm doing great, John. I hope you're doing well. Hope the, you had a nice holiday and a, I good, did. a good celebration of the past year and into 2022. Here we are. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a great holiday. Um, my wife joked with all the stuff that I got that this star- this uh, Christmas was brought to you by Star Wars. <laughs> uh, got a got a got a lot of good Star Wars stuff. Um, I don't know if you can see it, but my ring. Oh, nice! It's a it's a, uh, a Darth Vader. Oh, it's cool! A, cool! Very it's, nice. It's rubber. It's like a rubber kind of thing, but. That's all right. Um, yeah, I can't remember the company that she got it from, but they she said they had like a Han Solo one, a R two D two one, a Yoda one, a C three PO one, all different colors. So I she asked she asked me a while back what my favorite who my favorite character was in Star Wars and like Darth Vader, and she's like really I'm like yeah I like Darth Vader, <laughs> so she got me the uh, the Darth Vader ring. Uh, you can also see behind me. The Empire Strikes Back, yep, uh, photo uh, poster, yeah, nice. So now that I have the original Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back, I just need the Return of the Jedi. There you go, there you go. Which there actually, you. I'm hoping I can find a uh, a Revenge of the Jedi one, the original uh, the sure one, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you can. Yeah, um, I remember when I was in college, um, they used to have um, guys selling movie posters. You know, I don't know uh-huh. if you remember that you go into like the student center and there would mm-hmm. be just a, you know, one day or two days, there'd be just a whole series of tables with guys selling bootleg tapes, tape, yeah. cassette tapes, kids, uh, and also um, old movie posters, some rolled, some folded. And I must and not 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 expensive and but original posters. I must have collected, I mean, a 30, 40 different posters over the course of a few years, like the whole the Spanish release of Star Wars, the nice. Italian release of Empire, you know, nice. just all sorts of fun stuff because it was all different art. It wasn't like the newer movies <coughs> that utilize the same um, the same imagery, you know. But yeah. Um, yeah, so my my Christmas was kind of in terms of gifts was kind of quiet. We opted instead to uh, give each other uh, a trip down to Florida to visit. Our daughter, who's who's working down there, and uh, so we, we had a kind of nice Disney vacation, and it's fun when we go down to see her because we usually it's a Disney trip for us because she works in Disney, but she doesn't live in Disney. Obviously, she lives in in uh, um, Davenport, which is about a fifteen minute drive to Disney Springs or or the Animal Kingdom Lodge where she usually sets up to do her work. And, uh, but, but it was when we, when we go down and we book a hotel, she just jumps in and stays with us. And now instead of having to drive 15, 20 minutes and having to brave I-4 traffic, she only has to, you know, say, get into her car in a parking lot and then drive to work, do her shift and come five minutes back to where yeah. the hotel is. So it's a nice thing. And it's a little more expensive to travel this time of year down there between flying and hotel. So right. we, just, we opted for no gifts. Except we did give each other, well, I should say really corrective. I gave my family the gift of COVID. <laughs> Sad to say, um, my my I contracted it. Uh, my wife did as well. Um, our daughter didn't test yet. We don't know for sure she had it. But we think she had it, um, but essentially, but we were all vaccinated and boosted, and we all had um, breakthrough cases, which I think is going to be very common. And it wasn't bad. The only thing is happening. You hear an occasional cough from me. Other than that, I'm fine. I can breathe great. I, I never lost smell or taste, not losing any more hair than I already have lost just from being me. And any other uh, any other uh, scary symptoms have not happened, have not manifested, and I'm feeling pretty good. So That's good. good. So we're, so I also got this uh, cool pew, 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 um, homemade gotcha. shirt from my uh, my mother-in-law. Beautiful. Um that was very that was that was very cool getting all that. Uh 
just you know, like I said, my daughter got a little baby uh, Grogu, hey. little, Gro- little little uh, stuffed Grogu with the complete with the bag, so she can carry him around like she's the Mandalorian and have all kinds of adventures with it with him. And so, but yeah, it was a really fun. It was a good Christmas. Good. Uh, Quiet New Year. We didn't because we were quarantined too, not because we had COVID, but we were exposed. Um, so um, I had to quarantine for a few days until I got my re- negative results back. So New Year's for us was just kind of sitting around, watching TV and doing a little, basically nothing. Yeah, uh, <coughs> and getting to watch Boba Fett. <laughs> Yeah, the book yes. of Boba Fett. The book of Boba Fett, which good segue, by the way. I like that. Uh, we are going to be looking at and kind of doing our own little review of chapters one and two of the book of Boba Fett. Um, first, I mean, let's just you know, initial initial thoughts. Uh, my initial thought is that uh, I am very much enjoying it. Mm-hmm. I am enjoying the uh, the world building that I'm seeing in the in these, and we'll talk more about that. I'm enjoying the character development of the of Boba Fett. I am kind of looking at it from a kind of a an amazing thing of thinking that this. This character from the holiday special, this this character that was going to be a super stormtrooper, that just you know they they put out and made into just a really cool looking character that had four lines of dialogue. Yeah, is has grown into this amazing story, mm-hmm. uh, and I just I'm just loving it. I'm just eating it up. Yeah. I I like the character. I like the character more now than I ever did. I like the character more. Meaning, meaning, like I did not that I didn't like the character. I just, I never really <coughs> thought Boba Fett was anything more than a bounty hunter. You know, he just yeah. came in, he captured Han Solo. That was what he was. He looked cool. Mm-hmm. I thought he looked cool, <coughs> but I didn't think some people like you know worship this character, and mm-hmm. I just never did. I think it was just because of the whole the Kenner action figure. Was supposed to have the. It was supposed to have the firing Boba, you know, the missile and everything. Um, incidentally, if you get, if you haven't gotten a chance, there is another uh, show on Disney Plus, um, behind the armor or something of that nature. It's like a documentary all about Boba Fett. Mm-hmm. Watch it. It's it's absolutely amazing. It's very interesting. Mm. Everything from the early test footage of the of the Boba Fett character when he was all white to his appearance in this parade and in, in, in the Marin County or Petaluma, I forget where he was marching, but he was in some kind of parade holiday special, you know, review and, and then interviews with all the living actors that have played him. It's, it's just a really cool kind of retrospective. Yeah. So, and it's a great companion piece to the, uh, the show, but I've, I've yeah. enjoyed it thoroughly. I am, I'm. I can't wait for the next episode. I love the Godfather Two uh, style of storytelling with mm-hmm. a a current like a present day story parallel to a flashback story. Yes, I like that. I like seeing his his story told <laughs> into of from him getting out of the um uh, the Sarlacc pit and yeah. getting stripped, which just shows that. It's not the it's not the Tuscans who are the the biggest threat on Tatooine. It's those darn Jawas. I know, oh, man. Give I me know. a break. I'm, I'm I'm I will say this. I am also loving the Tuscan Raiders. I am me loving, too. I am loving this story. I mean, and, and I'm loving the fact that it it is a parallel of our childhood in the sense mm-hmm. of we grew well, maybe not our childhood, but our generations, a generation before us or so, grew up. You know, you always played cowboys and Indians. Yeah. Right. But cowboys were considered the good guys and the Indians were considered the bad guys. Right. They were the savages. They were the they were the you know, they they were not they weren't intelligent. They were just they were like one step above animals. Yeah. You know, and that's what we were our you know, we as humans were taught to kind of believe or as right. Americans, maybe. I don't know. And then 
you know, only in later depictions, things like Dances with Wolves and other types of storytelling, we start to learn and and, and see them as different types of characters yeah. and see what, and then, of course, revisionist history, we start to learn what truly happened in the in the old west and how right. not romanticized you know it really yeah, was yeah and, it's, and, uh... and the suffering that that the indigenous peoples went through so so we learned that and and i think that there's this same kind of parallel storytelling oh definitely, definitely. the first thing the only time we see them they're, they're not even called tuscan raiders they're called sand people sand people you know and they're and they're vicious animals that attack luke and you rummage through his land speeder and gets frightened off you know and that's really it that's all we 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 see of them so we yeah. just see them as almost like villains like the empire and then later on usually you know pretty much episode two comes along and then when anakin slaughters them all you know but you know they also killed his mother so but there is you start to get this slightly different viewpoint yeah. of it all yeah but you uh this, takes it to a whole different oh level. oh you kind of got glimpses of that in the mandalorian when he was on oh, tatooine yeah. and you saw him doing the the sign language which i thought that was a cool a cool little thing one thing i liked that they did with the tuscans and we we can talk a lot about the tuscans oh, is God. and i'm hoping they don't do this is keeping them masked not even when they're in their private areas and they're in their they're not taking off their masks or not take so you never see their face and i hope that they keep that i like this i like that sort of air of mis keeping that kind of air of mystery about them that they don't you know i mean i won't i won't mind that if they do that yeah i won't mind if it's done the right way you know that's not, exactly what i was not, gonna say not just showing their face for showing their face for the sake Safe. of showing their face right I um, <laughs> one thing I was noticing, and I've I've uh, watched a, a few like different breakdown videos and stuff like that, and a couple things I've noticed of parallels to with the story, especially in the first one, which was titled "Stranger in a Strange Land." Yes, which is actually taken from the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, Book of Genesis. Uh, no, is Exodus, uh, the story of Moses, and you can see a little parallels between. Boba Fett's story and the story of Moses of being lost in the desert, being taken in by this tribe, and then having to go back and kind of redeem himself. And, you know, um, I'm also seeing, especially with the with his the secondary story with him and the Tuscans, I'm seeing a lot of parallels to um Lawrence of Arabia. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, very much so. In fact, I'm wondering if that's kind of where they're leading to is him helping to unite the different Tuscan tribes. Yeah. I've been, I mean, I've been like, like, cause they mentioned that they mentioned the tribes of Tatooine and, um, yeah. so, well, let's start with the first, with episode or chapter one, cause Stranger. they like to do chapter. Right. Um, where we see, um, I don't know if you want to call it the primary story of Boba yeah, Fett. We'll, call, we'll say primary and flashback. Flashback. Uh, Boba Fett getting set up as the new uh, head of the crime. Setting, crime. setting himself up. Setting himself up as, and I like the fact that they use the term daimyo. Uh, I what thought that was kind was, of a, What was that term again that they said? I heard it a few di times. Daimyo. Um, daimyo. It's, it's a Japanese term. Um, oh, okay. uh, the in Japan, feudal Japan, the daimyo was the head of a region, um, like a like a town or a village, or like maybe several towns, and then under him he would have his the samurai would be under him. Okay. Um. So that's kind of what a daimyo is, kind of like a warlord, basically a warlord. Gotcha. And then under the warlord, you'd have the samurai who would fight on his behalf. Um, so that's kind of where. So I thought it was interesting that they used that term, the term of, um, you know, something a real world correlation for what he was, and that he how much power he held. That even the mayor serves at his pleasure. Yeah. 
I love. I, lo- I loved that. Um, that actor who played the major domo. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I, I know he's an improv actor. Yeah, he's an improv actor. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, he was. He was very. Uh, um. Very sleazy, but not it. In a, in a different type of sleep, like you could tell, like, oh, this guy's just this guy's is oh, he's a brown noser. You could tell he's a major brown yeah. noser, I, a major. Uh, one of the things I loved was how you know he would when he you know he's on top of um you know when 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 um um Ming Na Wang's character uh Fennec Shan Fennec. says you know if you had spoken that way this. Jabba, he would, she would, he would have fed you to his menagerie, and then after he says it, he slowly steps away from the from the trap door. Trap door, like, and then once he's off, then he turns around and he's like, "I would expect there would be more." You know, you'll hear from him again, you know, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, um, but yeah. So, you know, the whole thing coming, people coming in and providing tribute, Mm -hmm. and you know, yeah, and I like the fact that. We're not seeing him, Boba Fett, as a pure good guy. Like no, he's still no. a criminal. He's still a, a crime lord. Um, yes. Well, he's a simple know. man trying to make his way in the universe. Yeah. And yeah. I love that line because, you know, <clears throat> you see how from his whole upbringing, think about it a clone on Camino, right? Mm-hmm. Or an unaltered clone, so he's not even like the rest of the clones. Mm-hmm. He's 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 kind of away from everything else. He witnesses his whole, you know, the war, and he gets into the bounty hunter lifestyle. Right? He was in the revenge lifestyle, trying to kill Mace Windu for killing his father. Then he's in. <coughs> he gets, you know, you know, shacks up with uh, Aura Singh, with not a good role model, and you know. So he's lived this life mm-hmm. and then became his own bounty hunter and, be, and got a good reputation, which abruptly ended when he got tossed in the Sarlacc pit. <coughs> but then he gets, sorry. That's okay. Apologize to the listeners for the cough. I assure you I'm okay. It's just uh, part of what I deal with is um, kind of a winter, winter asthma. It's just seasonal. Yeah, and um, this whole thing really messed with it for the, for this season. So, <clears throat> so anyway, he's he's known nothing but uh you know rely on himself kind of a thing. So here he is with Fennec, trying to you know stake his claim, and you know it's interesting to see how all the people around him are reacting to it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I also like that, you know, it seems like there is a story going on with him, um, still needing to use the back to tank. Yes. Yeah. I I love that. That's the, the catalyst for how they bring in the flashbacks of using, using that as a way to like, have, have the dream, um, and I like that we're seeing different parts of Jabba's palace. Yes. And not just... And did you notice that the droid that is introducing all of the people... Did you recognize who that is? That's 88. Of course I recognize yes. who that is. The torture droid. He's He received an upgrade. <laughs> he did. Does he have six million forms of communication? Or does he just know like four? <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't um, know. He's also the... Not, I don't believe it's the exact same model, but it's the same type of droid that in Galaxy's Edge cooks the meat. Like oh, he rotates the spit that um, spins the meat that's being heated by the pod racer en- engines and the Ronto yeah. roasters. <laughs> yeah, it was good to see that uh, Max Rebo survived and got a new. I gig. was so happy Max Rebo survived, <laughs> and he's, he's my with the favorite, can- and he's with the Cantina guy. I know it's like a, I mean. <laughs> That's, it's a super group. If another thing, if you ever get a chance, um, do you ever watch Robot Chicken? Have you yes. ever seen any? Okay. Well, <clears throat> I forget. They've done a lot of Star Wars clips. Yeah. But they've also done Star Wars specials, whole specials devoted with clips. And there was a clip with Max Rebo. 
the and but but he talks like an like a ninety year old jazz musician from <laughs> New Orleans, and all he cares about is I gotta get to the gig, I gotta get to the gig. And at one point you see him coming in. I don't know. I don't. He he he. I don't know whether he got thrown from the the barge, but he survives the he survives the barge explosion. But he goes back yeah. and he's like, oh man. Man, the band's all dead and the keyboard's all dead, but ah, got to get to the gig. <laughs> and as a, as a gigging musician, I'm like, oh man, I know. Yeah, I, I feel your pain, Max. I get it. And now oh. all I think of that, my my daughter and I used to say that all the time because you know, she, if I got up to go to a gig, she'd always come up to me when she was really little. She's like, Dad, you got to get to the gig. I said, Yep, I got to get to the gig. And. And so it's it's we're very fond of that. So, mm-hmm. so when we both saw him survive, and we looked at it, we and that was ten, you know, ten, a dozen years ago. But now we we look at it, and we look at each other, and we both said it in unison. He, he got to the gig. <laughs> <laughs> he made it to the next gig. So the, yeah, one thing I wouldn't say it it took me out of it, but it was it, it was just something a little detail I wish they would have added, considering how we've seen Twilight's and the animated series with that definitive Twilight uh, Ryloff accent. I wish that they would have kind of incorporated that with the, you know, I don't know if it's because the actors couldn't do the French act, because every time we've seen Twilight's in like the Clone Wars or Rebels, when they're talking in their natural, their natural, so what seems to be their quote unquote natural accent, it has a very French tone to it you think of chom some chom yeah i mean others well the syndulas do yeah but but i mean and 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 yeah i guess there have been a few others that we've seen but like there was (coughs) ula and bib fortuna they spoke hatties yeah so so they so it i yeah you couldn't really tell i mean you couldn't you really couldn't i didn't tell the accent accent that went along with that yeah i know that was just a small little thing like it didn't like it didn't like ruin the movie i wasn't thinking where i was like oh this takes me completely out of it's like eh, that would have been nice to kind of have a little you know you know a little continuity with the that oh okay you know you could also make the argument that like well you know ryloth is a as a planet you know a big planet with a lot of people on it so not everyone speaks with that accent, just like not everyone in even the United States has the same accent. Right. So you could, you know, could be different diet, different dialects, different, different dialects and stuff like that. Sure. Um, so, all right. So we get through, um, we get to the beginning. Um, Jennifer Beale's character, you know, as, as a uh, <coughs> Twi'lek mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, obviously between, the mayor's major domo and the Twi'lek, you know, she's being awfully friendly, awfully accommodating. Uh, can I polish yeah. your helmet? And oh, look, here's a whole bunch of money in it when they hand it back. I, I love that they're giving the um, the Gamorreans more to do than just sit around and get, you know, tossed around like, like there's like, oh, okay, these guys are can actually, there's a reason why Jabba used them as well, when you think about it, they were just fodder for the Sarlacc, fodder for Luke to, yeah, you know. So yeah, it was it was, it was nice to see them kind of you know do more than just you know stand around and get be like you said be uh, be cannon fodder for Luke right. and the Sarlacc and the Rancor. And I like the whole like you know test of loyalty. Yeah, and 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 you know how um, Boba Fett exercised restraint. Yeah. You know, and in, and instead of <clears throat> having a sign of you know, of power or strength, you know, showed mercy. Mm-hmm. I don't think that makes him a good guy. I think that makes him a likable bad guy or a yeah. likable a likable antihero. Yeah, he's I, definitely that, he's definitely leans antihero. And and um, I guess we could talk more about this, but there, you know, there is a, a contingency of people that you know they want him to be cold and ruthless. And I, I really do feel that being cold and ruthless for the sake of being cold and ruthless makes you a, a, a cardboard mm-hmm. character, car, you know, a cardboard cutout. And you can't have that. You have to develop it. You have to. Yeah. There has to be like, you know, a subtle nuance. And you just have you just need. Well, to. and I think I think 
you know, when you're looking at a character like Boba Fett, you have to look at, you know, wanting him to be cold and ruthless. Well, when he was a bounty hunter, he could be cold and ruthless. Right. Because, I mean, it was a job. And right. that's how he would have looked at it. It's like, I don't care if you're, you say you're guilty or you say you're, you didn't do it. I don't care. I'm getting paid. It doesn't matter to me. I'm getting paid either way. Right. I take you in, you know. Uh, so he, you know, he could, but now that he's in a position of authority, he has to kind of look at it a different way and see how he's going to, you know, like he says, rule with respect instead of fear. But right out of the gate from uh, <coughs> hanging out in Tatooine there, walking around, they get surrounded by, uh, what was the name of the, we find oh, out the next episode. Like midnight. The night, midnight. Mid- Wind or, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, night wind or something like that. And um they, you know, of course, I loved that, you know, they're having this great fight. And you know, we've seen Ming Na Wen fight on things like event um uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. So we knew that she was always gonna be good with that. But I loved watching that you know, Tamura Morrison has taken a lot of his new New Zealand tribal roots with mm-hmm. this and i'm oh, yeah. <clears throat> i'm really loving that because it's not something that we see all the time so it's a unique viewpoint so you have that you have the fighting style of fennec shan together and if that's not enough if they get surrounded they're getting surrounded then you get the gamorian guards i know i love the nowhere. gamorian guards coming in like this like, like ah, yes oh, yes they, and, and i will say that that is what that is a level a general thing i'm going to just say about the Favreau Filoni, you know, era is because, and, and the fact that it's programmatic television episode, you know, episodic television that you're seeing on Disney plus or on a streaming service is that you, you can have moments where all of a sudden and a very unlikely character or characters come in to save the day, save the moment like Gamorrean guards or, in um, the second season of Mandalorian, when those TIE fighters came swooping down to oh, save the day. Yes. And we're like cheering for the storm. Like, yeah. We're like, oh. And then even they said that. I like, never thought I'd be so happy to see storm you know. So to me, that's a great thing. It's like turning it on its head. Yeah. Everything. One and, thing and I it, love that they're doing, and they, they did this <coughs> somewhat with the Mandalorian, is I think there can be the The, the need, the feeling of the need to, especially when you're dealing with a TV series that's a a shorter series, you know, seven, you said seven episodes? I think so, yeah. Seven episodes to rush everything. Like, we got to get, we got to get to this. We got to get to this. We got to get to this. We got to tell a story. We got to go. But they seem to be taking their time. Well, I think that's and, because well, you're, that's what happens in a movie. Yeah. Because when we go to see, you know, The Force Awakens, which... No complaints. Love The Force Awakens and Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. But, you know, all movies clock in at four hours and they have to make un- you have to make necessary cuts. Yeah. Unless you're Peter Jackson, you know, but <laughs> so uh, but, you know, in this situation, we're really just watching a four hour movie. Yeah. But set up in chapters in a mm-hmm. new kind of format. So, yeah, they can do that. You're right. Yeah. All right. So. <clears throat> And then we have a cool chase sequence with, with parkour. That know, was cool. Yeah. That was really fun. And it's neat that they incorporated it, jumping over those all the dune, all of the uh, domes of Tatooine. Mm-hmm. I love uh, how he, yeah. he says to her alive. And when she gets chases up with to two guys, she just kicks one right over the top. <laughs> yes. I got one. <laughs> it's like, see, it's alive. It's a cow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I had the good fortune of um, when last two years ago, when um, I went to Disney uh, to see the uh, candlelight processional, which is basically the story, the, the telling of the Christmas story with a full orchestra and choir mm-hmm. and celebrity narrator. And Ming-Na Wen was the narrator. Ooh. And she had just been announced as Fennec Shan. 
So, and, and I think she was going to be appearing like the next weekend or whatever. Nice. It was really, really cool to be with her at that point. Well, normally the celebrities are kind of like C-list, D-list celebrities, which are fine. But, you know, in her case, it was just, you know, she was, she was, everybody knew her as Melinda May. They knew her as Mulan and they knew, and they knew her now as this Star Wars character. So nice. it's really cool. But um, I think I'm so happy she's on the show yes. and I'm so happy she didn't die. In that one episode of first uh, Mandal- of yeah, Mandalorian, yeah. And, um, yeah. We well, and, and also near the beginning, we see um, his. We see, I almost said Mando, Boba Fett's escape from the Sarlacc pit. Okay, well, I, I was kind of you know we basically yeah. got through the first, the all of the present store present day quote unquote. Yeah. Story. So now going to yes, yeah, I mean it, the show really opens with with him, him in. Yeah, in the Sarlacc pit. While well, he's he's in the back to tank, but thinking about yeah. he's yeah. thinking about. Well, first he talked about Camino, so that was kind of cool. We're yeah, you know, we're seeing some some either I, unused footage or I very, think so. That would be un. Yeah, I do think there was footage. another actor that was that was listed as young Boba Fett, other than Daniel Logan, which leads me to believe that they reshot. Hmm. Either he was a body double, or they reshot some of the possible yeah some of the scenes but um so that those were some cool scenes and then there he is and And now i i did i i I will i'm gonna say one thing yeah it's not a big thing like you you, like you mentioned about the twi'lek accents i'm in the same boat is that he sees a stormtrooper I actually actually have a a, a theory. I don't have a problem that he... No, I love that he saw a stormtrooper. That's not the issue. The issue I have is that there were no... What about the four or five or six or seven other Jabba denizens that got Mm. tossed in there before him? Where the heck were they? Unless because he had the... And then I thought, well, maybe because he had the armor on, that protected him from, like, getting, you know... Um, burnt, you know, burned into, or you know, or at least totally, uh, I guess, um, you know, engulfed by the inside, you know, yeah. entrails or whatever. Um, but because you know, and and maybe the stormtrooper was in the same boat. Maybe he lived a little longer because he had the trooper armor on, and then eventually died, and it was getting, it was degrading. Um, but yeah, what was your thought? What were you going to say? Was, that, that was thinking, like a lot of people. I I know a few people are like. Well, there are no stormtroopers on at AO there when Luke went in. I'm like, well, the Sarlacc's been there for a while. I mean, what about you know? And the there, guy... I mean, there there could have been many a time where you know the Empire sent you know a stormtrooper to you know say like we need some sort of tribute from you, Jabba, for allowing you to rule, or you know a stormtrooper something like that, and the stormtrooper could have you know smarted off to Jabba one one too many times, and Jabba just throw him in. Or what about just the <clears throat> detachment that went down to look for the droids? Yeah. What if they just stumbled across? You know, they there could have been all over the place. Yeah. And they could true. have they could have stumbled past the Sarlacc pit and throat fell in. <laughs> yeah. There's so, yeah, there's all different ways that you know. But I loved that was a I liked that they came out with a way for him to get out of there without the obvious, oh, you know, launch with the rocket or whatever. I think we established that Han Solo accidentally, albeit accidentally, kind of damaged the rocket. Yeah. So I like that they figured out another way to get out. Yeah. And I like that he was still wearing his, um, his, uh, you know, well, obviously he had his armor in it, but then the Jawa should come along and take it in his jumpsuits, like become bleached white. Mm-hmm. Either by the acid of the Sarlacc or the sun just bleaching it. Um, and now that's kind of been his uniform or his, his, his costume, so to speak until yeah. the very end of the second episode, which we'll get to. But yeah. Um, yeah. So we get this dances with wolves kind of storytelling with yeah. him as a, as <coughs> a man, a, a stranger in a strange land, you know, dealing yeah. with these, with these, Different Tuscan Raiders, like the darker robes and mm-hmm. a, a darker look. Like so, clearly a different tribe than what we've used to see. Yeah. And um, the, the little kid, though, man. Oh yes. I wanted to kick that kid. <laughs> Not really, but you know, it's just like they're all. He's like sitting there beating him up. 
But then I'm thinking that's his rite of passage. Yeah. You know, and and he do, and it does make you know Boba Fett stronger. You know, and and then you yeah. get the whole side kind of side story about you know, <laughs> and that stupid Rodian. <laughs> oh. Is, is it is it in their way to be just like sniveling it must be. it must be i don't know yeah i remember it's it reminded me in some ways of if you if you ever read the actual prequel episode one and episode one um uh novelization mm-hmm. they talk a little more about the nemodians you know like new gunray and rune hako and everything yeah and and they are and, and the way they're they're raised is like it, you know, they're totally like spoiled, rotten. I mean, and and in, and overindulgent. It's part of their culture. They explain hmm. it, which is why they are raised to have droids take care of them and stuff like that. So you know, it just made you think, like some, you know, I guess from a cultural cultural perspective, yeah. This sometimes is what this is how they raise Tuscan Raiders, and this is how they. They and, and and maybe they do kind of similar to Mandalorians. Maybe they they do offer a you know an opportunity to join your tribe, but you got to go through these these endurances. And maybe yeah. that's what they were gonna. Yeah. Maybe that's what they were trying to do with Shmi Skywalker. Think about that. Mm. It's not like they explained to Boba Fett what they were doing. They just tied him up and did this. And he Yeah. <coughs> he he worked on it and he and he learned and grew and built his, you know, stamina up, you know, whereas yeah. maybe maybe they do this with everybody and a lot of people don't survive. Smee's it could also I mean it could also be you know, you also have because they established in um second season of Mandalorian that there is a lot of mistrust between Yes, the the human and the Tuscans, absolutely. Uh, the offworlders. So, I mean, we we see this. We saw this, you know, even in our history with you know when the when the uh, the white settlers started going west, and you know uh, where the where the Native Americans would you know it was a tit you know almost a tit for tat thing. Yeah. Um, no, it's and like, they, I mean, they weren't, you know, the, the natives weren't above taking prisoners. And well, we um, even got we even got a taste of that with um, the second season of Mandalorian with the first episode. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's like, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, we were seeing that and, and, and we were seeing evidence of what happens when when, you know, two te- two two tribes <coughs> come together. Yeah. And and, you know, to try to defeat this gigantic great dragon yeah and uh they managed to put their differences aside and and do this so well when whenever he was digging in the sand and you saw the sand moving and stuff like that were you thinking initially like oh is we're gonna see another crate dragon what are we gonna see here no i think um i mean i didn't know what i was gonna see but then i remember watching I, i i forgot about the scene in the first episode of season two of the mandalorian when they were all gathered around the Mandalorian, Cobb Vanth, and the Tuscans, and they're passing around that, the, that shell. That, yeah. Which had the... Now there, it looked more like they were mixing something in it or whatever, but, you know, it smelled horrible and whatever. So it turned out, and then you heard in the end of the second episode here that it's like, a, it's like the milk of whatever yeah. that creature is. And... You know, it tastes it, but that's what you live off of, mm-hmm. because that's the equivalent of water. So that's what they use to survive. And yeah. uh, so you're thinking it was. I always got the feeling it was like a vegetable, like like a like some sort of. It said something. He said something in the second episode about milk. The milk, the milk of well, I mean, you could say because they call the the um the a coconut coconut milk. Yeah, it could yeah. just be milk of a of of a. Plant, a, or whatever. Like a yeah, because so. yeah. that's kind of what I got the feeling was was like a plant that had. Yeah, but it was it wasn't water. It wasn't straight yeah. water. It was yeah. A, it was like some type of a fluid that comes yeah. from whatever that creature or that living organism is. Yeah. So yeah, so they started finding those things, and and um, you know, he's going through these tests. Yeah. Um, and 
He fights a monster. Fights a monster. Yeah, love it. Ray Which, Harryhausen, classic. I thought the, the same thing. There's in the second <laughs> episode. There's another thing where I thought very Ray Harry, uh, Ray Harryhausen with the uh, the droid that was working the uh, yes. uh, the train. Yeah. The way yeah. he moved, I'm like, that is very Harryhausen. Well, somebody somebody put a, set up a meme that said, Boba, Book of Boba Fett doesn't know if it wants to be Star Wars or Dune or Clash of the Titans." And I and I and I said. My comment to that was that, and I am totally there for that because yeah. it's, it's fun to kind of jump around genres a little bit mm-hmm. um, and and see how this goes. So anyway, so he you know he manages to you know have a nice little adventure moment. You get rid of that other Rodian, uh, but I love how at the end the kids walking back with the head of the beast, like look at what I got, oh, look at me, and he tells the story. Yeah, and he tells the story like he's the one who did it. But the head, you know, I love how the head uh, Tuscan, you know, he's standing there next to Boba and he's like, yeah, you know, here's some water. I know you. I know you helped with this. There's no way yeah. that little kid did that on his own. But it was like yeah. a step understanding without how great was it that so much of the storytelling happened without even dialogue? I like that. Yeah, so much done without. Yeah, you didn't need it. You did not need it. You told And it me. wasn't until I think it was the second episode that we even got really any type of um subtitles for the Tuscan. Right, right. Well, yeah, I think when when he was explaining the whole thing about the tribes, I think that was a little bit too complex for him to to do with sign language alone. Yeah. So yeah. Uh <clears throat> but but that um, pretty much wraps up the first season. That first wraps episode. up the first first. Episode, the only other yeah. thing I, I I thought was interesting was how he was, you know, he's he's damaged goods, you know, like physically. Boba Fett is yeah. damaged. He has to take regular treatments in the back to tank. I don't know how long that's gonna if that's gonna be like a a, a set amount and that's gonna end, or if he's gonna have to constantly be doing it because of all the scarring he suffered from mm-hmm. being in the Sarlacc. Like, you know, when he woke up, he was on his last breath. He just happened to have the protection from the armor that gave him a little extra time that, yeah. like I said, maybe none of those other Jabba Denison's had. So, but it, but it, but it affected him. So now he's, he's really trying hard to, you know, stay, you know, to stay, to be able to, be strong. And he needs that back to tank to do that. And I'm curious yeah. to see if that's going to be something that happens with him moving forward. If that's going to be part of his story is um, the, is the health that he struggles with, but we should go on to the next one. Excellent. Uh, yeah. We start with uh, uh, Fennec Shan leading him into, we see the, the, the raising of that iconic, the iconic gate walking into Java's palace. And I love the, Kind of the 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 almost nonchalant way Phoenix Shan is about the assassin, um, just saying like oh, you're paying for the name. <laughs> you're paying, yeah, you're paying for the name. Yeah, and how he's so tough until he gets dropped into the Rancor pit. Oh, that was so good. That just the look of utter terror on his face, and how that quickly so he just he just starts singing. And and. You know, there's that. There's nothing down there. Yeah. there. Now, uh, yeah, but you know, and it's true. I think that that was. I mean, and and I know. So I think some people were like, "Oh, it'd be so cool if there was a rancor." But I'm like, really? I mean, are you just gonna like, you know, just completely tell the same story? Come on. Yeah. And, and I know that there are, are people argue. First of all, Fenning said, you know, Jabba would have fed you to his menagerie. Menagerie. Yeah. Which <laughs> so means we've there's. Seen, yeah. We've only seen one rancor, and that rancor was killed. But then everybody talks about the rancor from Bad Batch. Yeah. That they wrangle Moochie. Moochie. Um, which, which, which I believe was sold to Java. Right. But, you know, was it definitively set up to be a different. It was. It yeah. Because they gave that. They gave uh, the Java's rancor. A, I can't remember what its name was, but it did have a name. Oh, okay. Well, um, I, I didn't know if that was something people were just speculating or not. But in any yeah, case. No. 
you know, um, you don't know. But yeah, that was that was a nice little bait, you know, I don't want to say bait and switch, but nice little um and I love that it was you know the mayor's an authorian. Yeah. Uh, which there's a lot of speculation. Is it the same Athorian that we saw in A New Hope? That, that's Boma Hadan. He has a, he has an in he has a character. Oh, name. okay. And uh, I think it's Mama Hadan. I think it's what it's called. M O M A W. I think. Yeah. Um. So yeah, he has a name. He has a whole story. And I don't know if maybe. I mean, I understand that. I don't know. I know that Lucasfilm kind of blew up the expanded universe, but. Yeah. I don't. What I don't know is if they blew up the names of the characters. Again, I, I, as a collector, you know the characters all have I names. I don't know if they do. I don't believe they. But that could just be. I, yeah, like you know, all the job, all of the um, cantina aliens. You know, originally they were Hammerhead, they were Walrus Man, they were you know like Snaggletooth. You know, they were all these kind of simple names, and then they. Things like West End Games or whatever gave them character names. So I think yeah. that his character has a name, and it's not. I don't think so. Plus, even if it was, it 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 just doesn't look like the same character. Yeah, it doesn't look like that. My, have you ever watched the wife... action, the okay. action figure? The the like when they've made him more recently, like yeah. resculpted. That thing is huge. The head is like really wide. So the one from Book of Boba Fett seemed a little thinner. So yeah. What about what? What did your wife say? Um, we noticed, and uh, she didn't know the name of the alien, but I noticed a lot of, uh, the, uh, ter- ter- can't pronounce the name. Tradoshians on, yeah. on Tatooine. There was a lot of those guys out there. I know. Uh, it's like crazy. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> so <laughs> I loved, I loved when, when they, when they went to the mayor's office and the, the typical guy at the, de- at the desk, you know, uh, oh, yeah. like, you have an appointment. You have an appointment. <laughs> like, I know. Boba Fett. Boba Fett. Let's see. Yeah, and then uh, with that, um, you know, she he's taking them. He he he's. Oh, I didn't. You know, I don't. You know, I whatever. It's he 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 was denying any involvement with yeah. the assassination attempt. Yeah, even 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 treating it like a bounty being brought in. Sends you know, them saying. Over- Right. Saying that the they're allowed to operate outside of hut space. Yes. Then sending them over to uh, back to the Flashdance girl, uh, Jennifer yeah. Beale's character, <clears throat> and um, she's kind of a little taken back and talks about the twins. Oh. And I, then... I love it because this is a, this is a take back to the first episode when even Finnick Shan says. You need to, you know, tells him like you should be being carried around on your litter. You know, it's a sign of Everybody power. Was, it's a sign of respect. Everybody's saying you should be carried on their litter. And Boba Fett's like, I don't want to carry. I walk on my own two feet. Yeah, but, and then I felt sorry for the guys have to, for all those people having to carry not just one hut. Thirty guys. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, not I, just I one hut, but two. <clears throat> yeah, and they're all. And I like great. the fact that it has to be CGI, but you could still see them you know the actor you know acting you know holding it up and trying to adjust and okay let's talk about that um yeah. what was your thought on the quality of the cgi for the two huts i i i, I liked it okay I, I'm, I'm i'm gonna say this i'm gonna say this i liked it too yeah um but i gotta tell you i've never been uh a a hater on any cgi java or any CGI huts, and I'll tell you why. Yeah. Because um, I think that the the uh, the the overly critical um, comments made from the time Jabba appeared in the special edition, which was the first time we had a digital Jabba, till now, and there were complaints about these two Jabba, the twins. My my feeling is that look, guys, I get it. All right, we all want to be nostalgic about a, you know, the Stuart Freeborn awesomeness that was Job of the Hut. Yeah. But there just makes no financial sense to build and puppeteer not one, but two, but two. <coughs> yeah. of these characters. 
for what is literally going to be maybe two scenes, maybe three, in the entire seven episodes of this story. Okay? It makes no sense to do that. Uh, It is a slug-like character that worked as a live character when our minds and our eyes were used to seeing creatures in in real form mm-hmm. but not but usually in the background this was a main character and it was something that i don't think our eyes would be because of cgi and because of what creatures have been out there i just don't think our eyes could see the the an- anatomy of a hut like the 1983 version to do that again now would be so expensive mm-hmm. and i just don't think our eyes would it wouldn't work right. I don't think yeah. we'd see it right. Yeah, I think we 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 forgive it for for Job of the Hut because we're used to Job of the Hut. Yeah, but but to do it any other way, I just doesn't make sense. And I think they've they've improved. I think Definitely. that they've made major improvements, Definitely. and I think they will continue to do so. But I think we need to allow. This is one area I think CGI needs to continue to build and evolve and grow. And we as an audience need to accept it. That's just me. Yeah. So. Um, one thing I liked, and I'm looking at the time, so we might have to do a uh, a part two of this. No, uh, I think we could we could wrap it up. It's all right. We'll okay. We'll, we'll, we'll you know what we'll do when we get it. We'll just keep going until you're ready to stop, and then we'll yeah. we'll just follow up and, and and you know connecting it into yeah. episode three. Um, because there's there I mean there's so much to still to talk about with this. I love the. The fact that we're getting a little bit more on the huts as far as how they're treated in this area when he says the when Phoenix says we have to get permission to kill them. Right. Like you can't just kill a hut. You have to get some sort of um what do you think of the Wookiee? I I mean oh. I I have not I don't know the character apparently. And according to what I saw, um even the comic the they actually work together. Right. Uh, him but, and Boba Fett had a... In this um, comics. Yeah. Now, um, putting that aside, what a great reveal. Oh, yeah. Not, just, just, seeing another, not just seeing another a live action, because I, I don't... We haven't really seen any other than the Christmas special. We haven't seen a well, lot Tarful. of other... What's that? Tarful. Captain Tarful. From uh, yeah. Revenge of the Sith, but it wasn't a huge character. But I mean, it was yeah, a huge, yeah. Just, we it, yeah, we saw we saw we saw Wookies there, but uh, we just we seeing, don't see too many. Yeah, and seeing a black furred Wookie. Well, I was just amazed at the look with the with the gladiator like entrance. Yeah, the, the the spikes on the on the shoulder pauldron, the eyes of that. I mean, what amazing eyes! So. I didn't even have to know that this character existed somewhere else. I was impressed with that entrance, and I certainly yeah. hope we see more of that character. Yeah, so, even my know. wife said, I was like, oh, that's a Wookiee on steroids. Like, it just well, looked menacing. And another thing that, that's happened, you know, over the course of the years is that, you know, Chewbacca has, among Wookiees, has been uh, kind of shown to be a smaller statured Wookiee in terms mm. of size. Because yeah. Peter Mayhew was very tall. But he was also very thin, and yeah. and uh, you know Jonas Tomo is the same way. So uh, you know, but these other when they when they had, I mean, when they made Revenge of the Sith, I believe they hired uh, an Australian basketball team, and there were six guys, but they happened to be huge, and they gave them muscle suits. So these two, these six guys who were tall basketball players, all put on these muscle suits, and so they were big. They were like brawling big huge wookies yeah yeah <laughs> you put chewbacca next to them i mean they made chewbacca up a little bit better a little bit more but the, he was still scrawny compared to them so anyway it, it, it is just that's just the way of it but uh yeah i was i'm i really hope we see more of that character yeah i noticed so. in this one they in episode <clears throat> two um the main story seemed to be mo- the flashback story that you didn't yes. they kind of cut off from the the present day story, quote unquote, to go back to the flashback. And they really focused on, you know, him living with the Tuscans. And I love the train heist part of it. 
and seeing yeah. seeing the train going through the dust and really bringing in that ah. old west vibe of I mean the, you're talking train. you're talking another Lawrence of Arabia yeah. kind of thing Back to the Future yeah I was but, totally getting Back to the Future vibes hmm. because of the whole like every every couple of minutes the thing went the train went into a thrust and they all yeah. fell over um, um Butch oh, Cassidy yeah. Oh, but we got to also talk about Anchorhead. We got to talk yes. about Anchorhead. I, I mean, know. I didn't even think that it was Anchorhead. And yeah. not only was it Anchorhead, it was Tashi Station. Tashi Station. Like, and was- the two actor, the two actors that were in there, they were the same actors that were in the deleted scene. Oh, I don't think they different. were the same actors. Were they not the same, same actors? Oh, same, same characters. Same characters. Same characters. I mean, I love, uh, you know, they, you know, the, yeah. the actors themselves. Uh, no, no. Now that I think about, it, they would be like maybe in the seventies now. 60s, yeah, 70s. maybe Luke's age. But yeah, same characters. I know that there. the guy who played Fixer or whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's been trying to get back into it. <laughs> so oh. I'm sure he's he's kind of ticked off now. He's like, "What? I would have done it. I would have put on a wig, and you know, you could have de-aged me. It'd have been great." But they really didn't, since they were never in the movie to begin with, they didn't really need to reuse the actors. So they yeah. just brought in two other actors. But I love they use the hairstyles. Hairstyle. Fixer and Cammy, right? That's that's who they uh, are. Fixer, I think I so. Think. Yeah, Fixer yeah. and Cammy. And I love that even the games that the, the biker gang was 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 uh, playing were looked retro. Oh, like they, they looked... it was the exact same game that they play in the deleted scene. Yeah. And so. I love that even the bike, like their true biker game. They even had the the ja- the leather the leather jacket with the uh, the writing, and um, someone actually translated what it what it says on the back, and the Arabic letters just says Tatooine. Yeah, it's like uh, they're, so they're, they're the Tatooine cool. biker gang. So cool. Um, and then and then um, yeah, so you got Boba Fett going in there and just cleaning house, cleaning house. I love it. He just goes in there, beats, you know, just very clean. Westwood. Yeah, just takes yeah. a just takes a drink, doesn't say anything, and just walks out. And then um, he comes back with the speeders, and then he's yeah. trying to teach them. Oh, that was so. <laughs> oh, I love, I love. You know, Star Wars always has great humor, and even this, this is no exception of seeing them. And I love that one poor, poor Tuscan trying to learn how to jump from one speeder to the other, and keeps falling off and well it was like it was great to see this two-way um exchange yeah of learning they you know yeah like especially you know the one teaching the one tuscan teaching him how to use the gaffy stick how to and fight with the, the gaffy training stick. i like he's got the training gaffy stick yeah know? the wood one and um, then and then we have this train that's just amazing oh and that was so uh, you know, you, you definitely, you know, you feel a sense of understanding why they need to try to take this train out. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and the other reason I, I, I might've mentioned back to the future was because um, back to the, you know, for those who don't remember back to the future part three, um, they were, they were back in the 80, 1880s and they had to get this, they got this locomotive and they were trying to push the DeLorean back up to 88 miles an hour. And so they had to, do a train heist to use the train. Anyway, yeah. um, I believe that the person who directed the photography, the direct, the DP, was the same director of photography that worked on this scene. Oh wow! So I believe. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't remember his name, but um, you know, and and I think that that's a really cool um, homage. If that's the case, if that yeah. is indeed true. Yeah, so, it's, and some of the best action scenes like we've seen in Star Wars for a long time. I mean. The fight, fight on top of the train, and you know, um, and when the when the one Tuscan who was who's been training uh, Boba Fett, uh, when when he goes into the train, you just see him going through the train, and you just see like one guy up up there just going down, then he pops back up and looks around and goes, and yeah, that was just oh, so so good, good, so good, such great action um such great you know the only thing that i was missing and i will talk about this a little bit uh i am not as impressed with either episode's music Hmm. Uh, i do like the voices i like the chanting i like again this kind of 
um, you know, Tribal. Pacific Islander, yeah, uh, you know, almost style yeah. that they're almost pulling a lot of this New Zealand tribalness yeah. into the story. And I love that. And I love that they do that a little bit with the music. There was a little theme, that little do, 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 like kind of the shuffle, do, 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 like that. Mm. But it's not enough. Yeah. You know, the Mandalorian, there was a distinctive theme. And we don't have that associated mm. with this. And, and, um, so I'm, 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 I'll give it a, I'll give it the season and then I'll kind of determine. Now I'm going to tell you, be honest with you. I wasn't, I'm not a huge Ludwig Goretzen fan from the original one either from Mandalorian. Mm. And I, and I just feel as though it, um, I understand people like it. It's different. I give them that. It's very, it's more worldly. It's more world instrument. I get that too. I like that part about it, but I just am not embracing it myself. Mm. It's not connecting with me the way a John Williams score would. And I wish I could have heard that whole train sequence, even um, like to me in a lot of ways, even the, the, the sequence from solo with the train. Yeah. Um, I love the music for that. That's not John Williams, but um, except for some, you know, a few hints. But um, the I forget the the composer for that film. But I thought <coughs> did a good job with that. I just mm-hmm. wasn't getting. I didn't hate it. I didn't. I didn't even dislike it. It just didn't connect with me. Is is all I'm saying. Yeah. But again, um, I'll, give, I'll give it some more time to maybe let it sink in. I love the fact that we get the Pikes. Uh, we yeah. haven't got the Pike Syndicate. And not, not real, like, well, we got him a little bit. There was a tiny, there was some in solo, yeah, but not, but they were masked, so yeah, yeah, we saw them. You know, for those of you who don't know, they're in the Star Wars universe, there have there are really three big crime syndicates there's Crimson Dawn, there's the Huts, and then there's the Pikes. Uh, those are like the three big, so and the fact that you know. You can tell the the, you know, the power vacuum. They talked about this a little bit in season, the first episode of season two of the Mandalorian of the power vacuum when the Empire, when Java died and the Empire both were destroyed. There was this power vacuum, and because they, you know, um, when Java was around, the Pikes would not have dared come to Tatooine because Jab because that was Jabba's territory, and Jabba would have taken care of them quite yep. quite you know quite well not in the good sense either but <laughs> no and now and now with them gone with the with with Jabba gone they're just kind of muscling in and setting up a route you know yeah. and that's what this train was doing yeah setting up spice. A, a spice route which is yeah. of course what again, the pikes uh, do that's that's right. the pikes yeah. kind of their their forte it seems like that seems like to be what, you know, each crime syndicate seems to be focused on, seem to have been focused on one thing. You know, um, the Pikes were very much into um, spice. Right. You know, the Huts, the gambling. Huts were slavers. Slavers, were they also gambling? Gambling, yeah, slavers, gambling. I'm not sure what Crimson Dawn <laughs> what they're whatever they whatever they could i think they i think that yeah they think they're kind of like picking up whatever the other two don't want to do so yeah all right well we can if we need to if we want to put a little connection on okay. anything else yeah at the end, we could do that for next um week, but. yeah um before we get going we have a little announcement to make um i'm not very good at doing commercial <laughs> doing these i guess you call them commercials uh, if you've ever wanted to be a part of War of the Stars and help out grow the channel, we have an opportunity for you. We are looking for a social media manager, someone who can help us with our just getting out there, getting the word out for War of the Stars. Um, you know, someone who's we're looking for a person who uh, really knows how to use social media and can kind of help grow the channel. So um, if that is you, uh, you can email us, uh, warthestars1 at gmail.com. Um, send your resume in. Uh, just know that this is a unpaid position, uh, at least for the time being. Um, 
you know, we're not making very much money from this, but um, we're just wanting to get the word out there and get as many people to listen to War of the Stars as we can and really get the word out there. Because I think this is a pretty good show. I mean, I... I do too. I do too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, as we wrap up, what do you tell the fine people out there where they can find you? Okay. Well, when I'm not doing War of the Stars, I have a I have a YouTube channel, Darth Tuba Star Wars Unboxing Show, where you can uh, watch all sorts of videos that I do put out usually twice a week on Sundays and Wednesdays, and uh, you can find me there. Just just do a search of Darth Tuba. Or you can look me up on Twitter and Instagram at Darth Tuba, Darth Tuba's Star Wars unboxing page on Facebook. Uh, and uh, again, or you can email me DarthTuba77 at gmail.com. All right. As for um, us right here, you can find us, as I said, uh, War of the Stars 1 at gmail.com. Um, email us your questions, your comments, what you think of the show. We always love, love to hear from you guys. And who knows? We get enough uh, letters. We might one day do a mailbag show and answer some fan letters. Uh, you can also check us out on Facebook. Uh, look at our Facebook group. Just check out War of the Stars on Facebook. We are also on Instagram now. You can check us out there. Just again, search War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. Of course, we're also on Twitter at War of the Stars 1. Uh, patreon.com forward slash war of the stars uh, as you can see Will here is wearing one of our awesome new awesome t-shirts uh, one of a uh, couple of designs we got um, so yeah check that out uh, great gift to give uh, you can also put it on mugs backpacks you name it um, the link is on our twitter page I'll put the link up on our other social media pages too. Uh, if you are not able to watch the show live, which we really invite you to, we love hearing the comments and seeing the comments from you guys out there. Uh, you can check us out anywhere that fine podcasts are heard, Twitch, um, Spotify, um, Apple Podcast. Remember, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review. Tell us how much you like the show. And yeah. All right, that, cool. That about does it. So as always, remember, this isn't just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the force be with you. Till the spires, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>